Hello and welcome to the Chainsaw Buffet Podcast, the podcast that's operating on three wheels this week. Yes, that is true. Along um, with Charlie's that is That that works on multiple levels. True. Um, <clears throat> we Let's just spell it out. We are minus Charlie this week due to extenuating circumstances. Um, he's trapped in uh, the nation's fifth most, most dangerous city. And we're in the most dangerous state, according to a uh, study that Nico tweeted out yep. from the FBI. So... Uh, Congratulations to us. We found we no, no, it would suck worse than normal. He's, he's in West Tennessee. He's I think he's escaped. Has uh, he not. escaped Memphis, or is he still in the bad part of Memphis, otherwise known as Memphis? I suspect he's never no, gotten no, no. into there, there is, there's the worst part of Memphis isn't even this state. I suspect West Memphis is worse than Memphis. Oh, I do remember driving out there one time. I'm uh, sorry like, for you. Well, we were like, well, I wonder what's out here. And nope. <laughs> there was nothing, and we turned around, like across the bridge. And anyway, um, but across the bit, across the bridge lies damnation. They're they're still trying to make it uh, back home as as we're recording this, so hopefully they don't die. Yeah, yeah. Or Charlie, I think they're fine. They just have to get their tire changed. Or, or or if they do die, I call dibs on Charlie's stereo. Do you even know he has a stereo or what it looks like? I'm calling dibs on it. All right then, calling dibs on items that uh, may or may not may actually, may not actually own. Yeah, um, guess it doesn't hurt to call dibs. I guess um, doesn't cost you anything. We are recording uh, in person for the first time in a while, so yeah, less awkward Skype interruptions and weird awkward popping. Thanks, Microsoft. And weird, awkward echoes and stuff like that. Yeah, stuff where, you know, somebody doesn't have their settings just so, and so on and so forth. And we'll we'll see how the quality is reflected. Um, I thought Dylan was supposed to fix all that in post. No. Uh, I, 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 one, I haven't been editing it. John has recently. And two... There's nothing you can do about that. Yeah. Like, it's popping in mid-sentence, mid-word. You know, you can't, you can't remove it. I, it would be beautiful if we had some sort of system where we could all connect up and then we'd get this nice multi-track recording, but it ain't going to happen. Unless you want to donate to us through some method. You know, if you're interested in a Chainsaw the Fake Kickstarter, uh, we, we, can, we can maybe get that together, but, you know, it just leaves a bad taste Actually, in my mouth. I don't even know what you would use to do, like, Skype multi-track recording. I don't, I don't think you could. Like, that I don't would require know, a very specialized piece of software. That might make us a lot of money, you know, that people may or may not be willing to give us. I am I am never too ashamed to shill for money from our listeners. Our non-existent listener base. Hi, Patrick, Doc, Basil, Parch, you know. I, I love that we can run them all them out. In... Yeah. Most of them run other podcasts, See, so, you know. There's that. It's kind of a bad thing when you can... Name your entire audience. I'm telling you, name. we've been doing we've been doing this uh, for you know five years now. Any day, this is gonna take off. Like we we are right in that five year I, window where we're gonna hit the next level. I think the bromance between uh, Awesome Cast and Chainsaw Buffet proves that the only people who listen to podcasts are other podcasters. Sometimes, sometimes. So before we get too depressive, what's on deck? Um, we are going to talk uh, this week about uh, secret agendas and video games. We're going to uh, briefly acknowledge uh, the passing of a writer. Um, In the loosest sense of the well, word. Well, you know, he did have some effect wow. on popular culture. Um, 
uh, we're going to talk about the Red Cross suggesting punishment for war crimes and video games and male video game character stereotypes. Finally, someone other than me has brought this up. You, there exists a thing called men's rights advocates. You should look them up. I should no, you up. shouldn't. Because I would, I, I think you would like to hang on to what little faith in humanity you have left. I have none, so uh, let's let's look this up. I'm sure it'll be awful. They're on Reddit, I think. Well, there. That's Among all, other places, that's all I need to know. Um, thanks, Reddit. Um, anyway, going back to uh, serious agendas by game developers. Now, I assume even though, Chad, you're not the biggest gamer and Dylan, you know, kind of hit and miss with some of the older stuff, but I'm sure you guys remember NBA Jam. Yes. Okay. Well, there was a thing in the game where, you know, the Bulls were obviously the best team, even though Michael Jordan was in the game because Michael Jordan was too highfalutin to be in video games, you know, except for, you know, that shitty, you know, Trouble in the Windy City. He, and... he has to have his name on the game. Yeah, he has he has to be the star of the game. If it was Michael Jordan's NBA Jam, then we might talk. Yeah. Um, but the Bulls still happen to be the best team. They had Scottie Pippen and Horace Grant. And, um, there is a weird thing that people noticed in the game. That uh, in late game situations, particularly against the Detroit Pistons, um, no matter how well you timed the shot, and you know, it was one of those games where if you released at the, you know, the arc of the jump, and especially from certain points on the floor, the shot was more likely than not to go in. Um, for some weird reason, um, you know, most of the time, no matter how well you shot, you'd brick a shot with Scottie Pippen, despite how good he was. And uh, the developer behind NBA Jam finally admitted that he put code in the game just against the Detroit Pistons, because he was a Pistons fan, uh, that if Scottie Pippen took a shot, more often than not, brick city. <laughs> Uh, which was bad enough because uh, this was in the era where sports games had that rubber band AI, so no matter how big of a lead you built, yeah. uh, the game was designed to create a comeback, so it really didn't matter how well you played. Mario Kart does the same thing. Um, a lot of older racing titles did the same thing to create a uh, artificial Force. difficulty that might not otherwise have been there. But this is just this is just bad. That's actually kind of funny a little bit a little bit i'm not really surprised that this is a thing that could happen i imagine it is much less likely now i want well that that's kind of my question is i wonder what other types of things that this has happened with and how often are it you know have they been implemented <laughs> and will anyone else ever cop to it the answer is probably not nah. well, i imagine especially with sports games now that they're, you know, NBA Jam was a very arcade-style game. Now you've got these games where you're managing your whole team roster. They're doing all these different things with statistics. Like, you don't even have to put, like, an exception, I, I would think. You would just have to tweak the stats so, you know, someone was overpowered or something. Yeah. This is going the other direction, though. It's taking someone who's normally overpowered and adding a specific... Yeah, this circumstance would, to this would be to, like me having Peyton Manning just like spontaneously die uh, in Madden. once every one thousand games, he just dies and you cannot bring him back. He's like he's like fucking Aerith at this point. You know, he's just gone. Wow. Can, can we manage this in real life? Like, like Sephiroth just comes down, stabs him, they wheel him off in a stretcher, and uh, somebody from Cobra Kai yells, "Get a body bag." 
<laughs> anyway. It just explodes. Yeah. <laughs> One might... Yeah, you know, NBA Jam was, was released by Midway. You know, maybe they could have had, you know, like, Scorpion come out and just, you know, <clears throat> incinerate him. But I hate to, like... If they were already overpowered in the game, based on the game stats, and I, I don't remember too much about what what the game stats it's were, because but it seems like this they was did the have, 90s. It was like dunk, three point, regular shooting, it, layup. It, it's because this was the nineties, and it was the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, exactly. They were like they've got a, an overpowered. They team. were overpowered in real life. <laughs> and, and I wonder if this I was mean, in making them overpowered in the game is just, just being realistic. Yeah. I wonder if this was the arcade game versus like the SNES, and I'm guessing the SNES and uh, Genesis game versions didn't have it. I bet they did. Uh, really, like most have to... stuff from that era was pretty faithful as far I as mean, it was pretty much the, a straight the graphics, port generally. You know, yeah, port wasn't the same, but I imagine a lot of the other game code remained intact. Well, the uh, see depends. Like you're reading through the game code and you go like. Why is this in here? Because that that is well, very specific. Here's the thing, though: the same team that worked on the arcade game is the same team responsible okay. for the home conversions. So you know, I, I, you know, uh, he probably just said it's nothing. Never you mind what that is. <laughs> that is true, but I'm 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 not inclined to feel bad because oh, it was an over overpowered team. Oh, that. That must be horrible. I'm 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 so sorry for you. Well, it's kind of one of those secret knowledge things where it's yes. like, oh, uh, guess what? I I know how to fix your red wagon, and you can never figure it out. And it's like you want to punch somebody in the face because back then, boys and girls, we weren't pussies over the internet where we, uh, you know, used racial and ethnic and homophobic slurs um, at our leisure because nobody could touch us. No, you played in person, and if you were a jackass, we'd punch you in the damn face, because that's how it works in the real world. I don't think I ever punched I, anyone. I, I, I think you... Because people weren't assholes back then, Dylan. You've been playing that online today, haven't you? I Listen, uh, I've I played in the arcades. I've played online. I much prefer playing in person. Yeah, I I will agree. I now let me be let me be very clear. Uh in my in my travels, I've come across people that talk a lot of shit. Um but I've also had the great satisfaction of seeing those people go suspiciously quiet when they're getting their ass beat. Yeah. And then there's <clears throat> nothing you can say or do at that point. Maybe don't maybe don't uh, talk like it in the first place. And shout outs to Pope Chop. Things will be fine. Although I, I will have, I do have to say that since it's not always possible to play face to face, at least in games where um, you need, you know, you need to play online, having a separate like Ventrilo or Skype channel with the people you know is so much better, especially in games like Left 4 Dead or League of Legends or any like, game online where you're like. You pick your, you've got your team, and then you match up with random people, and it's like, we can talk without, you know, the rest of, you know. Oh, hey, we can turn off the, the rest of the yes. goons. I remember in the and early days of Halo to 2, uh, where it'd be like you and me and Nathan and, you know, somebody else, uh, playing, you know, locally online, and uh, we'd be playing King of the Hill or something, and we'd just start doing the King of the Hill theme for uh, entirety of the match. Yes. To, to be fair, we were probably those annoying people. To we sure online. as hell were. But, 
better than being racist, homophobic. Well, well, there's also the guys uh, that we played one time that uh, the entire match did the voice of the professor from Short Circuit going, Johnny number five, Johnny number five, Johnny number five. See, that is the type of thing. If if you're willing to put some work That might have been amusing to say that once, but... I appreciate that, sir. At least you got the reference. Yeah, that's... Yes. I, I mean, once... Yeah, but... I think I remember that guy. Uh, Shout-outs to that guy. May he burn it out. Speaking of dead people. Uh, no. <laughs> Speaking ter- of burning in hell. That's a terrible transition. <laughs> oh, um, I don't think so. I, I think for the next topic, uh, I think that's appropriate. I, I don't know. I uh, Tom Clancy did pass away, and uh, condolences to his family and friends. I, I'm not trying to make light of that situation at all. Um I will. I will admit, not really. You know, haven't read any of his books. Not really a fan of the games that have his name, but it is worth talking about just because. For a while there, before like Call of Duty finally got out of World War Two. Yeah. Um. You know, like Rainbow Six and you know, mod, you know, Advanced Warfighter and things like that. They were kind of the the shit at the time. Yeah, and actually, if you want to look at his contributions. It's probably all of those books that you don't realize are Tom Clancy books and got turned into movies. With Harrison Ford? Yes. Or didn't he write uh, Hunt for Red October? He did. Yep. Yeah, like there's... That was the first... I think it was the first one that... Or at least it was the first big hit, at least. They just didn't plaster Tom Clancy's on it. Actually, Like they they do with his games. At the time, they did... Make mention of tying it into the novel. They didn't put his name before it no. the way that they did with the rest. It it was what was the next one that they did the movie of Patriot Games? Something yeah. like that. I yeah. think that they did put his name. The Andrew Ryan books. I mean Jack Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is the man not entitled to the sweat of his brow? No, he's not. What? He's, he's not. Let's let's be honest. The, the, uh, the man in Washington and you know all these other guys. The man in the Vatican and the man in Moscow. They, they can't all be wrong, right? Like <laughs> oh. one of them's got to have it. Oh, oof. nope. No, that yeah, no. You know that that uh, Bioshock Infinite DLC is coming out eventually. Some. Other people have already played it, apparently. Really? I didn't know... I figured they had some... It's coming out, like, before the holidays, quote-unquote. Okay. Another one of those vague, when-it's-ready kind of things. I haven't been paying attention, because I'm like, I don't know that I really want to go back and play the DLC. The game was good, I'm not... You don't, you don't want to play, uh, you know, uh, Booker and Elizabeth and Rapture? See, I don't know. Like, I, I had the same response to Dishonored. Like, it's great, but I don't know. I, I just, I finished the story arc, I'm good, I'm it's, just going to move on. I think I think somewhere in the season pass, you know, they're going to work on more DLC after this. One of them just needs to be a fanfic. Because, you know, the, the ending just opens itself up for, you know, all kinds of fanfic. How so? Because any, because of the way that the whole yes, no, you know, lives, lives, will live, dies, died, will die yeah. mechanic works, um, 
I can pitch to you any number of potential eventualities that may or may not work, just because, you know, it's it's the whole, you pick one thing and there's another option, or, you know, X number of options, you're going to have X number of worlds created where other options have occurred. Well, in theory, even if the end is the end there, then there's still a lot of uh, previous stuff that has happened in the... Like, before the game even occurs. Yeah. Or, you know, in that scene in Rapture. Spoiler, guys! You know, we're... You know, just gonna... Run right the hell over the ending here. There's that point where uh, Booker and Elizabeth are in Rapture with, like, you know, 40 other Bookers and Elizabeths. So, what have they been doing? Well, apparently, two of them... You know, a couple of them went to Rapture. I don't know, I... Then, I don't know. Cause it, it you, can be anything you want it to be, though. You could possibly end up with Evil Booker, because is that also how he became Comstock? That is. Maybe. That is Evil Booker. I, uh... I, Booker is Comstock, Einhorn is Finkel, Finkel. I kissed a man. Yes. Um... That took a weird turn. Like, we, we did not... We, we, we just... Did, we, I, I like how we don't even care about spoilers anymore, like... No, you you know. You know. You know. You know. And if you don't know, you don't really know what we're talking about. So yep. it'll be fine. Until you play it, and then you'll be like, oh, no. Oh. No. And you'll be disappointed. No, that game's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, as far as story, like, gameplay, it's like, eh, it's like every other, you know, first-person shooter. But yeah. story is, is fun, well done, and keeps you engaged. Um so yeah, Tom Clancy went right into Bioshock Infinite. I guess I mean, that tells you how much... Uh... Well, I mean, we can note it, but I don't know that any of us are into the movies, books, or games. So it's You played like... uh, one of the Rainbow Six games for a little while. I did. It's been a... One, it's been a while, and two, I don't know how much he was involved. Probably in very that. little. I mean, very little. If, if at all. I mean, especially later. Like early on, I'm sure. Yeah. Early on, more but... so, but my understanding is later on, it was just like, hey, we'll pay you truckloads of money to put your name on this. Anyway, um, speaking of games about shooting people, the Red Cross has suggested something that I actually kind of like. I do. I like this as well. Because it's, it's not like super in your face, oh, video games are violent and bad for children, blah, blah, blah. Um, but they suggest that. You know, particularly games about war, you know, Call of Duty, things like that. Um, you know, it's possible to commit war crimes in these games, so there should be uh, ramifications in-game equivalent to what would happen if you committed a war crime. Not just like in Spec Ops The Line, where it's like, oh, oh that was terrible. Yeah, I'm we did bad things. Around. Well, you do kind of... Uh, anyway. But I like this idea. I, I like giving people the freedom to do things and also consequences that come with those actions. Well, and I think I think it kind of falls in line with the point that violence in video games... Violence by itself is not the problem in, in video games. Violence without context or violence as a shorthand for, hey, this is cool and awesome, you know, guns, explosions, you know, like killing is awesome... Because I think violence can be used well if you see the actual consequences and you kind of have to deal with both sides of it. Right. Whatever. I just want to see people's heads explode. 
Not not a surprising response from not, Chad. Not really. I think that's great because that, um, and, and like I said, that's kind of what Spec Ops The Line tried to do, except it's trying to do it, like it's trying to make you feel the guilt for it, where this is like... Without game, realizing that the majority of people playing this are like, what, 16 years old and have no... Have no empathy for other humans. Not really. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure those type of people who are playing like uh, Spec Ops or even even like a Bioshock Infinite or something are like, "This is bullcrap," you know. And uh, I just want to shoot shit. I don't want to think. Exactly. I mean, that, that's. I just want to back something. I should not have sat in the squeaky chair, by the way. Probably not. It's, it's You're very of... animated when you speak. Yes. So. Um. I'm looking for another chair. Anyway, we, we were talking about, you know, some games being shorthand for, you know, violence is awesome, all this stuff. Um, I'm fine with that, too. Another one of uh, the PBS Digital Studios channels um, was talking about um, negative stereotypes for men in video games. <laughs> and this is something I've always felt... I don't want to... Uh, again, I don't want to make people think that I'm making light of or being flippant about or dismissive of uh, real women's rights issues and um, well I think I think the, the problem a lot of times is it's kind of like when people cry reverse racism or something like that where it's like if you look at it in a vacuum yes both things are morally bad but you also have to look at the context and the uh, consequences of yes. what you do yes um, but they're talking about you know the male form of video games, you know, they're always universally just, like, ripped out of their minds. That's, yeah, there's actually a, that, that, that people have mentioned that with comic books. The problem there is that female characters in video games and comics are male fantasies. Yes. Yes. And the, the male idea... characters in video games are not Female fantasy. Yes, it's not. It's not a They're one male one. empowerment. It's, it's not a one to one, um, but it is still harmful in the way that it presents a ideal that um, can be potentially harmful to other people, depending on their mindset and all these other I think, things. I, I think it's an expectation that is not realistic. Yeah, but like Chad says, I think the the problem is for a video game aimed at men, the male characters are who they want you to, you are, you are supposed to want to be the female characters who are who you want to attain or possess or have. Yes. And again, like I said, so, not, not a one-to-one. -one exactly. But... I think the, the equivalent is kind of like romantic comedies or some of these dramas like True Blood or something yes. where you're, the, the writers want you to want to be the female characters and possess or have or whatever the male characters. Yes. That... That is true. Um, Which also brings up an interesting point. Uh, if, if you look at it that way, like uh, things like Twilight and Fifty Shades are the writers want you to be the male, the, the female character who wants to be possessed or had by, like, you are the object now. You are not the subject. We're <laughs> <laughs> oh, getting makes... in some weird territory. I, I actually wrote some comments on this just because I wanted to get my, my thoughts together. Fantastic. That, Good on you, Dylan. I was prepared. 
Um, I do like the video. I recommend people watch it because it's an interesting watch. And it's a subject that doesn't get addressed very often because, yeah, and and rightfully so. Uh, a lot of the women's sexism issues tend to take the forefront, especially lately with you know the series of videos and things like that. Yeah, I think that's kind of why it made me uncomfortable at first because it's like, yeah, it really does sound like that. You can you can view it through the lens of that sort of men's rights advocate reactionary, <laughs> like, well, they do it too, so it's okay for me. Yeah. So no, that's, okay that's not what we're saying. It's, I don't know. I understand. It's, it's Don't be an asshole, people. But I, I, I think the interesting thing about that is, you know, whether it's this or the tropes against women, if you can kind of take it out of the mindset of a specifically women's issues or specifically men's issues, like, if you're, um, see, that's you know, the problem. You can't. Those do are the that symptoms. You can't do that because the thing is, it's always going to be certain groups that that it affects more profoundly. No, I, I agree. But my my point is, so, like, you have to you have to learn to look at the problems as opposed to just the groups they because you'll just you know if one group becomes socially unacceptable to target. We will find another one. We will find one. another group that is. Um, that's you know, inevitable. It's, it's, it's something that I've said from time to time. You can't fix um, that. Gays are the new blacks. Yes. Yep. Or, uh, you know, the, we, we can't, we can't marginalize old. somebody based on race. Well, by God, we'll marginalize somebody based on sexuality. Or just because yep. there's someone we don't know. Right. You know, like... Non, Non-self. Yeah. But I that's mean, always going to happen, so you have to deal with the specific... I, I was going on at the time. I, I'm, I'm not, not saying you I'm don't. not naive enough to say that it's not always going to happen, but I also don't feel like we should accept it as an inevitability. No, and, and my point is that uh, just give it a few years. People are going to be up in arms against the uh, transhumans. What? Transhumans, oh. genetically engineered. Is that, is that like transmetals? No, no. Okay. You know, Dylan's people, genetically engineered Cylons, <laughs> Mexicans. We're going to be. <laughs> We're going to be biased against the Cylons someday, you know? I mean, it, it's going to happen. They already are. But I, for one, welcome our new robot overlords. I Got to get that kissing up in before the apocalypse happens. Damn right. But um, the other Perhaps thing... That was the Dogstrom. The Dogstorm, yes. All hail the immortal robot Reagan. The, the one thing I did like All about right. this video, and this kind of goes back to the, the last topic, was they talk about, like, the emotional side where... You know, the characters, the the male characters in games are kind of these emotionally empty uh, sociopaths who, you know, have no fear, have no... Why, are you, why do you have a drumstick? I don't know. I just do. Okay. But you, you were saying emotionally? Yeah, and I don't think I don't think it's like the, the flip side of the issue, like the, the feminine side of the issue where it's like, boys aspire to be these sociopaths who are fearless and, you know, just want to kill people, and then they feel bad when they can't. Okay, wait. What's the average age of someone playing these games? What, 16? 16 to 25? 20, yeah. Guess what they are? Socio-emotionless <laughs> sociopathic. See, men, men don't develop emotions until age 25. I disagree with that. We are not... No. You can disagree. It doesn't make you any less wrong. Pretty sure I had emotions before I was 25. But not any true emotional awareness. That's probably I, I mean, it's... Seriously, men... Men are fucking stupid. 
we are fucking stupid until about the age of 26 or 27. And we are horrible sociopathic creatures. In the, in the some, of us, 50, some of us 60. never grow out of it. Some of us never grow out of it. It's called being an asshole. I don't think that I don't think that's gender specific. But actually, like I think I think that's the problem not with with the emotional side that they're talking about. That that kind of reinforces that like that's what being a man's about. That's what like even if boys fail to be the fearless hero, they're still kinda terrible if they go down that road. Listen, to be a man you must have honor. Honor and a penis. But that has nothing to do with these characters and the, the emotional side that the this video is talking about. No. No, it does not. <sighs> anyway, uh, Chad, um, in addition to the dice pile, you had a question for us this week. Okay. I guess this goes back to the old school video games. Uh, I feel like I was born too late. What, what time do you feel like you should have been born? At least a few years earlier. Because I feel like it, it, here. Here's the thing. You, you think about it. Is there? Do you ever have a decade? You ever have a time when you feel like I was too young to truly appreciate this time, this period in time? Yeah, there's a song about. And that. for me, about about how the seven days were the best time. I miss wanting to go oh, back and yes. uh, and see Kiss in their prime. Oh, there's 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 songs if, if about If only we had decade. a rock and roll time machine. It's all it's all subjective. Shout out to the main power. Yes. That too. <laughs> they can go back to the 70s. Me? I'm going back to the 80s. I I feel like I was just too young to appreciate it the first time around. I, I will be honest. I, I truly miss the Reagan era. I, I don't feel like I was born too early or too late. I feel like I was born a decade too early. Really? Yes. And here's why. Because I was really into anime and video games in high school when nobody else was into okay. anime and video games when I was in high school. If I had been born a decade later, I would have been a god to these people. Also, There also would have been the internet, so I would have known not to devote all my time to uh, you know, memorizing all this garbage you know, from Nintendo Power because it would just be on the fucking internet. Thanks, internet. See, I, I don't know. I, I keep coming to the question, like, the... Um... Um, it kind of goes back to, it makes me think of, uh, Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers. I think it's Outliers where he's talking about, you know, the reason if you look at like Steve Jobs and Bill Gates and all those people, they were all born around the same time. They all had access to computers early and because of when they were born, they had a better than average chance of, you know, getting into technology. I was born back then, probably would not have had the same chance to get into technology Probably not would would not have had the uh, it probably would have been more complicated for me and I would have not understood it and so too hot oh, too cold just right just I right. understood and also like Goldilocks back then going. I understood more I honest to God tell me about that my first computer was a fucking Commodore sixty four and I knew more about that and understood that in a way that I don't now. No, I'll agree. Like I, I don't. I've forgotten it. And if I had been a little bit and... older, if I had been a little bit older, I would have done more with it, and I could have. And, and I, like I said, I even as a. This was. Eighty four, eighty five, somewhere around in there, and I swear I knew more about programming than I do now. And I, yeah. under, I don't know. I mean, I've gotten old. 
I understand Gino. different things, and and there's some things I've just get lost. off my lawn. But I, I will say, like John, I totally understand like your your point of view of like if I'd have been born now, yes, I would have been a god to these people. And Not, at the same time, it's like also if I'd have been born ten years later, I would have grown up completely differently. I would not have had those experiences to be in a position where I would have been like a god. And, and maybe if I had been born ten years later, somebody would have get, gotten involved with DCS. <laughs> Well, yeah. Is this another one where we all need to grow beards? <laughs> Maybe. Why? Darkest timeline? Uh-oh. I already have my beard. You will be uh, assigned felt so, beards. So wait, you're you're the previous. So so wait, you are the evil twin. What? Our mission. I would, I would imagine so. Our mission is to infiltrate the good timeline or the prime timeline and make it darker. Uh, I thought it was just to assume our rightful places. I can't remember too. if we mentioned this at all or if this came up in terms of the who is awesome cast in the, the Pantheon. I think, like, I was, like, good Kevin, and then, like, Charlie and you were, like, evil Basil and Doug or something. Some, some, this came up at some point, I want to say. If, if by evil you mean not a Nintendo fanboy, then yes, I am the that, evil that Basil. That may have been it. I'm not. Or maybe it was the other way around. I'm not evil. You're you're evil, Alan Tudyk. I'm not evil. Just misunderstood. Indeed. Oh. Now proceed to the execution booth. <laughs> <laughs> the clapping shall uh, conti- uh, continue for one hour. The first person to stop clapping shall be executed on the spot. Shoutouts to Doctor Doom. Anyway. Indeed. Uh, Chad, what do you have uh, for us for the dice? Okay. Uh, and I, I know John's answer to this one, but I'm not going to say it. Because uh, I'm pretty sure I've talked about this I, on the You podcast. have talked about it, and I thought you deserved a chance to mention it. Thank but you. For tabletop games, tabletop games, most important thing, has to be the setting. Right. For the most part. Well, role as far as getting you in. Role-playing. Not just role-playing, but tabletop and card games... It, you got to have a good setting to grab people and keep people yeah, interested. It does, it does you got to have good mechanics, but... Setting is so important, you may completely change it several times over the course of... There's indeed. There's a quote someone made at indeed. one of the game design And tools. Now, most of these... Most tabletop games, you know, they they most settings have branched out into there's an RPG, there's a miniatures game, there's a card game. But any setting that originally comes from a tabletop game, role-playing game, card game, board game, that you think should make the jump into video games, TV, movies, another form of tabletop game that they haven't made, although most of those are taken, go. Uh, it's clearly Monopoly, um, so that you know we can have a season where uh, you know Uncle Pennybags is uh, in jail. <laughs> Because he, you're he's done mocking me. <laughs> well, you know, he, he landed on go to jail. It's not his fault. Or, or oh. he, or if you're playing with the house rules, you know, he rolled doubles three times in a row. This isn't even social commentary. This is just. This is like Clue. Uh see, I don't know. Clue is like the Transformers, and then Monopoly could end up being like the Battleship. Yes. Do you see where I'm yes, going with this? I see where you're going with this. Unfortunately, I didn't see Battleship. I didn't either. And that's, and that's the point he's making. Why. Um, 
Yeah, I will go ahead. Um, I have said this on the podcast before, so if you listen to that, congratulations to you. You get to hear it twice. Um, but I've always been a big fan of uh, the Forgotten Realms setting and the various writers that write for that. But the the setting that within Forgotten Realms, I always thought it would be great television because if watching shows like My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, and The Walking Dead have taught me anything, it's that people enjoy watching other people be assholes to, to more people. You actually watch those shows? I've watched them, like, for minutes at a time. Enough to know that that's what they're about. Yeah, like okay. I said, I, I've watched enough of My Little Pony because everybody was talking about it. I'm like, okay, whatever, I'll give it a try. I'm like, oh, they're all assholes. That's the thing. Um, anyway. Um, yeah. If you really want to see people just be total assholes to each other, um, should be a long-running series about the drow uh, of Forgotten Realms. They are the best at being assholes. And they do so in ways that are clever, surprising, and sometimes even fucking funny. So it would be kind of like Game of Thrones. Yeah, with more with more stars dying. Um, if they did a series based on... Um, the War of the Spider Queen series. Uh, pick a favorite character. They're probably going to die. Um, so I, I, I just think that is a uh, an untapped gold mine of drama and entertainment. HBO, what hell? That is that is probably true. Yep. So what about you guys? Um, I'm going to say Seventh Sea, so long as it isn't purely pirate themed. Because I don't necessarily need. I agree with we, you. We already a got a seventh C movie. Yes, we did. It was called Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> um, I think the the world is so large that there's just so many concepts they could explore, and it's really they could do something like they do with Game of Thrones, where there's this large world populated with diverse characters. Only you know it would be pulpy instead of like weirdly violent and sexual. Except that they're all ethnic stereotypes. There is that. I might have to work with, on that. I mean... Bit. I will say this, too. If AG didn't do it with 7C, I think it would be kind of cool to see them do it with their Tempest shared world, which is basically like 7C, except without uh, all the magic and stuff. And racism, question mark? I don't know. I haven't well, read that much about it. 7C really is... It's the theme park versions of the countries. It's the ethnic stereotypes. That is true. Which is... It's, it's what's the good, Italia of, uh, it, it, it's it's good because it is easy to get into. Dude, but they have it's a market because they have a market for it. It doesn't go beyond that. No. Uh, should I bother mentioning the 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 Rifts movie that's been rumored for more than fifteen years? I was now? gonna say at this point it's got to be just a rumor because I don't think oh, most people the, would the, know the, what Rifts. The rights is. were options. The rights were optioned. About 15 years ago. They waited too late on that one. <laughs> they tried, well, it, it just never really got off the ground. And last I heard, the rights are still... Coming in the summer of never, yeah. Riffs the movie, and ADV presents Evangelion the Live Should I mention that one? In conjunction with Should I mention that one? That or... I'm trying to think what setting it was that... That I was thinking of... Um, oh. Chad, for for those of you at home listening, Chad is vigorously thinking. It went out of my head. 
I, I just thought of it because it was one that I thought would make a great animated series. Um, Is it one with play? Uh, Is it bigger than a bread box? <laughs> oh, okay. The Hang world on. is not bigger than a Hang bread on. box. Wasn't no. Hang on. I'm thinking. Dang. It was Chad. no because it was a different the the series. Chad, 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 Chad. It Chad. was this is not helping, is it? <laughs> no. Oh well. Uh, no, it wasn't Blue Blue Planet. Maybe? Blue Planet was the one where I, I'm trying to think of it was the one. Where, yeah, Waterworld with the intelligent Waterworld transhumanist. Um. I was thinking would you I, lost that me might have been dolphins. <laughs> that might have been it. Didn't, but I was thinking this something what like a, DSV was. Yes, I never yes, watched it. it well, I was thinking more like more kind of more like a, a series on the level of uh, Tron Uprising. With I'm you know you get that. a sl- oh it's an excellent series. Didn't they cancel that unfortunately? Uh, no, season two is it oh. Did it sound like something you uh you is might want to watch? Then it was canceled. (laughs) Then it was canceled. This just in, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been canceled. That too. Um, Not really. Not yet, anyway. No, but I mean, something like that where it... It carries the Whedon curse. Where it's done as a a serious animated series and you get some good celebrity voice acting talent. Are we talking like gargoyles? Like that level. Yeah. Tron Uprising, if you don't know, they managed to get Bruce Boxleder out of semi-retirement to to play Tron again, and they've got Elijah Wood as the main character. Really? That... Lance Henderson is the main is the big bad guy, which that's not surprising because he does as much voiceover work as he does the old one. I guess Paul... it's not so crazy with like Elijah Wood because he's on uh, Wilfred, which is a TV show. I wasn't aware he had done any other voice acting. It's though. not voice acting, but okay. it's like a TV show. Why That's not? the first thing I've seen him in. I've, I've heard of him doing voice acting. He was on the, an episode of Family Guy with James Woods, actually. And oh. if that counts, and they also got Are they related. No, oh. no, but they also got uh, Paul Rubens is the Paul Paul Rubens is the Starscream in the series, the traitorous lieutenant. Which is, he is awesome. Um, but yeah, something like that. Something no one has ever said on a water world. Or... Something like that on, on a water world with all of this transhumanist, cyberpunk, and intelligent dolphins. So it's like Ghost in the Shell with more water and dolphins. Indeed. It's your and waterproof cybernetics. I'm not saying I wouldn't. It's it's a little more on episode. it's a little more on the end of biopunk than cyberpunk. It's a little more more of the mods are genetic than than cybernetic, than cybernetic although cybernetics certainly are part of it. I think that was the one I was thinking of. There might have been another one. So Dylan, did you have any any segments this week? Um, I having gone back and listened to the last two episodes, I've noticed that there's at least one glaring error. That okay. I make in each episode. <laughs> okay. Like, uh, I, I uh, in two episodes ago, I think I gave the wrong name for uh, Henry Winkler's character in Arrested Development. And you I need blanked. to apologize. No. And uh, when I was uh, talking about that hideous strength in the uh, recommendations, I uh, said that they were attempting to raise uh, Arthur instead of Merlin. 
Again, no one will know the difference, but as a as a responsible internet journalist, I feel like <laughs> I need to. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry. Address. Did, my did you just utter the words "responsible <laughs> internet journalist"? That was the joke, Chad. We've got we've got a leg up on Kotaku now, at least. Uh, I just think it's funny that I screw up something in every episode. Um. Unfortunately, we don't know really what, what it will be this week yet. <laughs> we not we're yet. not really surprised. We're still in the moment, so... Uh, yeah, you'll think of it in an hour. Tune week. in Give next week when week. Dylan admits his other mistakes. Whereas I just, you know, gloss over them and just... you know, Everybody knows not to pay attention to me. Um, all right. You just figure on a podcast, people are going to hear like 50% of what you say, so you're just you're just going to be optimistic about that 50%. Yeah, they're, they're driving or doing something else while they're listening to this, so... I just assume that the 50% they listen to is the one, the, the part where I'm saying the dumbest possible thing. <laughs> not able to string two coherent words together. You are correct. You're because asking. that's the way things go. Yes. I think Chad and I were just talking about this. The decision we make will always be the wrong decision. Indeed. Um, it is whatever because, outcome will screw you over. Because the we're most. in the darkest timeline. Um, anyway. Yes. Um, for my thing of the week this week, um, I've done a video on the somewhat disturbing but also not surprising realization that uh, by the time I hit 40, I'll probably still be playing video games. Um, so... Uh, I've come to uh, a point where I'm starting to rationalize and discuss the fact that I'll be a 40-year-old man-child um, by, by assuming that there will be other 40-year-old man-children. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it's any different than anything else. It's no. It's just the level to which... If it helps, you know, I'll already be there well before you. I appreciate that. Well, I think part of it is that you know, as a as a media and as a form of entertainment, video games are still you know in relatively young stages as opposed to uh, TV and movies and music and books, yeah. which all came before it. Um, so, and the point I make in the video is, you know, sports is a great example. Um, sports, just as frivolous and meaningless in the larger scheme of things um, as video games are. But it's very easy to find older sports fans, you know, yeah. painting themselves up wearing jerseys and things like that, you know, that are in their 60s or older. All you have to do is go to your local high school or, you know, if you live near, if you live in a college town, you know, just, just go out there on game day and they're out there. It's not a hard thing to do. I think it's more as our generation uh, gets older and um, we'll have a generation of older gamers on the way and that will shift. Um, the larger view of uh, video games in terms of popular culture. I think it belongs on the level of movies yeah. and etc. Um, but if you look at certain pop, pop culture websites, video games aren't really addressed. Um, I think, again, that's more of a generational outlook. Yeah, I mean, that'll probably happen, especially as, you know, like with your Maddens and Call of Duties, where these things are kind of cultural events on the same level of yeah. a new TV like, show premiering. Or Grand something. Theft Auto did like 800 yeah. million in a day. Exactly. So, But at the same time, I think as we get over older, it will change. That the, the way we approach it will change. And that will be interesting to see because, you know, no one is like, you know, when you're 60, in theory, your life doesn't revolve around sports, and, you know, we're not super into it as we were. But. No, but, um, 
I think if I do stop playing video games, it won't be because of you know there being some sort of overwhelming pressure to oh, quote yeah. unquote grow up. Yeah. And and do something else. It'll be something in the industry has just turned me off. Well, see, I don't know, because like mom and dad had an Atari before they had me, and uh, I remember playing that a lot. I remember dad talking about like you know figuring out in Pac Man how to avoid the ghosts and just keep doing it you know indefinitely or whatever. Right. And you know I remember them playing like when we got a Nintendo. Dad played Super Mario Brothers with me and. He was the first one to get to, you know, the castle in the first world. And past that, like, I started, you know, then years later we get to the point where Dad and my sister are playing Street Fighter. And Dad is playing with his eyes closed and Devin is mashing buttons, you know, with her eyes. Or Dad's playing normally. She's mashing buttons with her eyes closed upside down on the couch and she wins. And, you know, they're like, that's when you quit. I'm done with video games. Well, you know. Street Fighter is the killer of dreams. And, uh... Well, I mean, at some point, like, they did... They didn't They didn't play as much, and part of that is probably because I hogged the TV playing it. Um, Mom played Tetris and Dr. Mario a lot, I remember. Yeah. But, you know, at, at some point that kind of goes away, and you get eclipsed by the next generation, and it's kind of like, where does it fit in? Well, and you don't want it to just go away. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting uh, as developers adjust to making games more intuitive, um, yeah. and and hopefully not it. Again, if you've not seen the sequelitis Ego Raptor video talking about Mega Man X, please go and watch it because it's an excellent commentary on. Uh, game design in general and modern game design where they feel the need to throw a tutorial in your face every five seconds instead of teaching you in a way that is logical and makes sense in the context of the game. The thing I think that might be scary about... The one problem is if if people start catering games to older people, then that means the reduction of Twitch gaming, which is fine. Because, like, there are, there are a lot of genres that can, you know, like RPGs and things like that that can kind yeah, of fill I in the gap. That, I think these things can all coexist. Or casual games like Candy Crush or yeah, whatever. It, That's, it, like, the dark side. These is... things all, you know, do currently, casu- you know, coexist with each other yeah. in some form or another. Um, yeah, I, I imagine that uh, when I lose the ability to uh, to to play Twitch games, it will probably be you know RPGs for me and things like that. Yeah, but again, hopefully there are people stepping up and doing that instead of just like old people like to game, they play you know mobile phone games, yeah. you know like you know Facebook games. No, Wii Sports. No, fuck you. Stop that. Shit. I don't know. Even Wii Sports is better than Wii Facebook Sports. games. Wii Sports is better than that. I can I can. Bowl pretty reliably in that game. I mean, it's unlike real life, where I just suck dick at bowling. I think Every, most people do. Everyone bowls so rarely that that is the case, except yeah. for professional bowlers. Yeah, they're the only ones that do it regularly because you know it's their job. Yeah. Well, anything else for this week? I don't. I don't uh, think so. I think we are down to... Oh, we're down to recommendations now. Yes. Um, so, guys, what, what, are you, what, are you, what are we recommending? Chad? 
Somebody else go first. I'm thinking of who um, it was. I'm going to pick two just because these are uh, smaller things. First, um, when we were at Awa, we went by one of the Artist Alley booths for uh, surlyqueen.net, I think. It's like she does a webcomic. Charlie ended up buying a bunch of buttons for like... Or, well, actually, Charlie and I ended up buying buttons for Jen. and Charlie bought some for Daryl. But it's one of the few... Web comics, I actually go, yeah, I will add that to my RSS reader. Um, kind of a cross between XKCD and uh, Hyperbole and a half. And also, the uh, Cosmic Star Heroine Kickstarter has launched, which is, it's the same guys who did uh, Breath of Death, Cthulhu Saves the World, and the Rain Slick 3 and 4, the Penny Arcade games. And this is a completely new property. Um, they're kind of trying to make it into, um, it's still going to be old school JRPG, but they're shooting for like a fantasy star chrono trigger level. And, um, it is, since they're no longer using XMA and they've moved to Unity, it is going to be PC, Mac, PS4, and Vita. Very nice. Chad, do you have a recommendation? Yep. Okay. I, I was actually getting ready to pull it up here. Um, my recommendation is, again, it's a site on the internet. It's a site called the uh, Museum of Role-Playing Games. And this site is an excellent look back at some of the early RPGs. It's got comprehensive reviews, not in terms of this game is good or bad, but here's how it did it. And he goes back to the first one. So the original, the original RP, the original Dungeons and Dragons, the original, um, Empire of the Petal Throne, some of the proto RPGs like, um, On Guard and, um, Warriors of Mars, some of the uh, Travelers, some of the early proto RPGs and RPGs. And it's got an excellent overview of, here's what the product looks like and here's what it is and here's what the mechanics were like and as you read through this it's kind of like you can see where this hobby came from and and how the mechanics influenced things that came later interesting yeah um well folks it's october that means it's breast cancer awareness month so that's going to be my recommendation for this week um, I'll send some links to uh, the American Cancer Society and Susan G. Cummins and all that. But chances are there's somebody important in your life that is of the female gender, so uh, I don't know how you broach that topic without being awkward as hell, but uh, find a way to do it, because it is important. I'm in favor of any recommendation having to do with breasts. Agreed. Breasts are important, people. Let's let's keep our eye on the ball. Balls. Balls. Well, steroids, shrunken, shrunken balls, steroids, Seattle Seahawks. Um, anyway, um, thanks for Good listening. Good night, folks. Yeah, thanks for <laughs> listening this week. And uh, remember, if you uh, are videotaping it, it's not prostitution, and you have to distribute it. That's important too. See you next week.